So today we're going to talk about four steps to making effective declarations of faith. I won't take up a whole lot of your time, but I just want to give you some guidelines that I think will help you when it comes to making declarations of faith. What is a faith declaration? And how do I make a faith declaration? Well, I've got four steps the Lord has given to me, and I'd like to lay them out for you. And then I want to give you an example of a declaration of faith that I'm going to make over Faith Life Fellowship. Amen. And then after that, we'll have open mic. And if you're brave enough and bold enough, and you've written enough notes on your index card that you feel like you can make a faith declaration, come up here one at a time, make your declaration, and let the whole congregation be in agreement with you. Amen. Because there is power in agreement. Amen. Four steps to making effective declarations of faith. Step one, present yourself as a sacrifice to God. Commit yourself totally to His will for your life. Seems basic, but this is where we start. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I want you to see something here. The first step in proving out or discovering the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life is making yourself a living sacrifice. Lord, here I am. I am yours. Do with me what you will. Not what I will, Lord, but your will. I lay myself as a sacrifice on the altar, a living sacrifice. Now, you know that's a reference to the Old Testament sacrificial system. Those were dead sacrifices, but we are living sacrifices. So the metaphor is, is quite brilliant, actually. We are consumed by the fire of God as we lay on that sacrifice. Now, the problem with a living sacrifice is they always want to crawl off the altar when the heat gets a little higher. Amen. Praise God. But stay on the altar. Be a living sacrifice. Totally commit your life to him. Say, Lord, just tell me where to go, what to do and what to say. I'm your man and I will do it. Amen. That's step one and proven out the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. Amen. Step two, delight yourself in the Lord and allow him to put his desires into your heart. Amen. Psalm 37, verse four and five. This is familiar to most of us, but I think I'll be able to share a nuance of this scripture you may not have heard before. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, I did a study on this. The Lord directed me to the word delight. What does it mean to delight in the Lord? Well, if you look that word up, it actually means to be soft, dainty, or delicate. Soft, Dainty or delicate. Now, men, most of us don't want to be considered to be soft, dainty, or delicate. But what's really being said there is if you are sensitive to the Lord, then he is able to pour his desires into your heart. And you get to the point where his desires and your desires are indistinguishable. And it's a good place to be. But notice you cannot get there unless you delight yourself in the Lord, unless you're sensitive to the Lord. I say unless you're going hard after God with everything in your being. Nobody does it perfectly. But if you're striving 
if you're going after God, if you're in the church when the doors are open, if you're in the Word, if you're in, in the Spirit, if you're praying corporately and privately, if you're worshiping corporately and privately, if you're seeking after God with all of your heart, then your heart desires can be an effective barometer that you can use to go in the direction God wants you to go. Because He'll cause that desire to start flaming on the inside. He'll cause a certain passion or a certain inclination to rise up on the inside of you. And like I said, He planted it in there, really, in my opinion, at conception. He put it in there. He had it for you before the foundation of the universe, but He put it in your little body when you were conceived. And then all of a sudden that desire starts flaming up on the inside of you and you go, Lord, I've got this great desire to to minister to the homeless. And the Lord said, yeah, I know, I put it in there. You thought it was your idea. Well, it wasn't. And some of those ideas will stay in there. They'll be dormant until it's time for them to come forth and the Lord starts churning that desire and it rises to the surface. And that's just the way that God does it. But I will say this is a condition that you have to consider. There is a caveat Pardon the $25 word. But there is a caveat to this. If you are not delighting yourself in the Lord, if you're living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church, you're living according to the desires of the flesh, you cannot trust the desires of your heart as an effective barometer of what God wants you to do in life because it's the desires of the flesh, not the desires of the Spirit. Amen? So the condition is you delight yourself Become sensitive to the ways of God, and then He will steer you in the direction you need to go. Amen? Step number three. Agree with His will for your life and begin to decree it or declare it in the Spirit until you see it come to pass. Now, I believe most everybody in this building knows something that God created you to do. Well, if He created you to do it, He equipped you to do it, and you need to declare, this is what God called me to do, and this is what I will do with His power. I will do what God called me to do. Make it a declaration, amen? He wouldn't call you to do something if He wasn't willing to equip you with the power and the grace to do that thing. So even if it's lofty, if it's beyond anything you could do in your natural strength, and by the way, most of the things God calls you to do are things you can't do in your natural strength. Because if you did it in your strength, you'd get the glory. But if God says, I want you to do this, and you say, whoa, that is way above and beyond my current capabilities. I'm just not sure I can pull that off. And the Lord will say, I can do it in you and through you. Just cooperate with me. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So, agree with His will for your life and begin to decree or declare it in the Spirit until you see it come to pass. You know, Romans chapter 4, talking about Abraham. It says that God calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, I've got a phrase that it was original for me, but I've heard other preachers say it since. But the first time I said this, it was like, yeah, I like that. Call those things that be not as though they were until they are. Call those things that be not as though they were until they are. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to Him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. Listen, if you make the determination, if you feel an inclination to go a certain direction or do a certain thing, roll it to the Lord. Lord, this is what I feel you calling me to do. 
I'm giving this to you. I'm committing this to you. I'm rolling the care of it and the execution of it and the resources and everything's needed. I'm rolling it all to you. And the Bible says if you'll do that, He'll cause even your thoughts to line up with His thoughts. So you're in sync and you go exactly the way you're supposed to go and you do exactly what you're supposed to do. Isn't that wonderful? So shall your plans be established and succeed. You want to be successful? Get your thoughts lined up with His. Amen? Get your will lined up with His. Job 22, verse 21, and then we'll read verse 28. Now, I have to sort of preface this. If you go through the book of Job, he had four friends that tried to give him advice. And the first three gave him a mixed bag. Some good advice, some not so good. Okay, Some ill-informed advice, some very good advice. And there was one guy who gave him good advice. Elihu, the very last guy. But Eliphaz, the third guy, he gave some pretty good advice, mixed in with some not-so-good advice. So I'm zeroing in on the good stuff, and I want to read it to you. Acquaint now yourself with him, agree with God, and show yourself to be conformed to his will, and be at peace. By that you shall prosper, and great good shall come to you. Amen? You get lined up with God's will. His will becomes your will. They become indistinguishable. And then you just go with the flow, and you're successful and prosperous. Amen. And then a few verses down, verse 28, he said to Job, You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Amen. So there is biblical basis for making declarations so long as they are rooted in God's word and his promises to you. Amen. Well, I confess and declare that I receive a thousand oil wells in 2017. Well, do you have the resources and the operation to handle a thousand oil wells? Are you a millionaire? Are you in that arena? Has God called you to that? Well, if not, that's probably not a desire of the Spirit, a declaration of the Spirit. Amen? Now, there are people that can make that declaration, but I dare say most of us in this room are not in that category. Amen? Anybody out there believe in God for a thousand oil wells? Okay, all right. Producing oil wells, by the way. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just one. Somebody said just one. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. I want to point something out to you that's very interesting about this verse here. It says that you'll decide and decree a thing, It'll be established unto you. And then all of a sudden, God's favor will be like headlights that'll shine you in the direction you need to go. God's favor shall shine upon the path that you need to take. Sometimes you need to follow the favor and let God take you where he wants to take you. Amen. Sometimes you experience favor in one arena for a a season and then the favor lifts. Well, listen, when that happens, go where the new favor is. Go where that newfound favor is and let God shine his light on your path and you'll be right in the flow with what he has for you. Amen. Step four, and we'll wrap it up. Aim to become so in tune with God's will that your will and his will are indistinguishable. We've already said that. His thoughts are your thoughts. His ways are your ways. His words are your words. His will and your will become intermeshed and indistinguishable. And the Bible says when you get to that point... 
You can decree or ask for anything, and it will be granted to you. Now, I got the words of Jesus to back me up on that. John chapter 15, verse 7. You've probably heard this before. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, listen, I may be going out on a limb here, but I, I would go so far as to say even something that wasn't really on God's docket, but something that you just want. If you get to this point where you're abiding in him, and he's abiding in you. His word is in you. He'll give it to you. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That word there, ask, is the Greek word atio. It means ask, require, demand. You could say declare. Listen, what is a declaration? It's just another way to pray. If you already know what God's decreed over your life, what his word says about you, or what he's promised you in the spirit, you just declare it. You're just coming into agreement with what God's already said. You're not telling God what to do. I know people criticize declarations of faith. You're telling God what to do. No, I'm lining up with what God's already said about me. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you don't learn to do that, Christian, you're going to be stunted in your spiritual growth. Somebody out there listening to this podcast, when it airs, you need to hear that. Praise God. Glory to God. Whoo. Well, guess what time it is? It is time to declare. Amen. Sound like a game show host. I'm Scott Forrest, and it's time to declare. Praise the Lord. Well, without any further ado, I'm going to put the mic up here, and I'll leave the stand up here, and I want you to come up here, and I want you to, like I said, be succinct, be bold, make your declaration, and then allow us an opportunity as a congregation to agree with that. I'll say something like, everybody that's in agreement with that, say amen. Amen means so be it. In other words, let it come to pass. All right? Praise God. Who's going to be brave enough to be number one? You know what? I forgot my example, didn't I? Give me just a second. Give me just a second. Psalm 142, verse 7. Oh, probably close to a year ago when the Lord was leading us to start this church. Uh, I was at a low point. And I was reading the scriptures one day, and Psalm 142, 7 just came alive. That scripture says, basically, I will turn your captivity, I will surround you with the righteous, and I will deal bountifully with you. And I just grabbed that. And the Lord said, that's not only for you, that's for your church. You will be a part of turning people's captivity in your church. You will bring the prisoners out of darkness, out of bondage. I will surround you with the righteous. That means that righteous people are going to come to your church. And I'll deal bountifully with you. That's talking about that's talking about abundance and provision. So I would take a scripture like that. I would make a declaration that sounds something like this. Lord, you said in your word, Psalm 142, verse 7, that you would turn my captivity. You would surround me with the righteous and you would deal bountifully with me. Now, I turn that into a declaration over faith, life, fellowship. And I thank you that faith, life, fellowship is a place where people come out of captivity, out of bondage. I thank you, Father God, you fill this place with righteous and you deal bountifully with every individual and this church. Church in Jesus' mighty name. That's a declaration. 
All right. Glory to God. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. We believe.